Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many good news stories begin in such a bad news. Way. Dang it! Hold on, that's not it. Hold on, where are you? Where are you? Stop again. Here we go. Here it is. I am reading a letter to Dr. Fauci regarding the abuses of beagles uh, under the NIH, where they are abusing with taxpayer dollars experiments on beagles. I'm glad that I live in the country that I live in, where I am able to profess my religious belief, and that they are protected by. You know, our Constitution. The two things that concern me, one are those who just try to make this a political issue, freedom. I have the freedom to kill you with my COVID. No, I mean, come on. Your qualifications are? We're dead. We decided the best people who can take care of our kids are who? Are us. So Michael Lafitte started Dads on Duty. Damn right he did, and we will be talking about Michael Lafitte and a whole bunch of stuff. This is... Uh, this is a day of kind of the worst and best uh, in, uh, of us, including some horrific, horrific revelations that have come out in the news, talking about uh, experimentation done on dogs, uh, the beagles, a bunch of beagles, almost um, two, four dozen beagles. This is a this is something that's been done. <clears throat> Let me read it to you here. Bipartisan letter demands answers from the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and President Biden's chief medical advisor. The White Coat Waste Project, they're the ones who found out about the Wuhan um, testing and the funding we had given them. Uh, According to the White Coat Waste Project, the the Food and Drug Administration uh, does not require drugs to be tested on dogs, so the group is asking why the need for such testing. White Coat claims that 44 beagle puppies were used in Tunisia, North Africa, laboratory, and some of the dogs had their vocal cords removed, allegedly so clients could work without incessant barking. There's also another, this is just just horrific, and I'm not going to dwell on this because I know you guys, this is, nobody, this freaking makes everybody mad. Anyway, uh, part of the letter says, our investigators show that Fauci's NIH division shipped part of a $400,000 grant to a lab in Tunisia, to drug, to drug beetles and lock their heads in mesh cages filled with hungry sandflies so that the insects could eat uh, could eat them alive. <clears throat> so, I wrote about that in my Substack today. It's a free one. Check it out if you're on Twitter. Um, and, uh, I, uh, so, I know we all want to get away from that. You can, you know, that this is the kind of thing that you don't, you want your mind to be able to step away from. So, I'm not going to really uh, spend too much time talking about it, other than the fact that I think that Fauci is done. I think that he's got to go. He's got, he's he's had to go for a while now. If you don't even watch, if for I so for instance, I watched the um the you know what? Let me let me put a pin in that and tell you. First of all, where is Alice? 
So this is, uh, I haven't done this in a while. This has been quite a long, last time I was doing shows alone, there was no Alice at all. So I didn't add no video, as a matter of fact. That was last year, more than a year ago, probably. Um, so Alice is at her, she is at her St. Pauli girl job right now. Right now for us, it's Sunday, Sunday afternoon. So she had to bolt. We had a crazy day. She bolted, but... We did manage to do a lot of news analysis together uh, previously, and we'll. So Alice is will that'll come after I'm done for a, for a few minutes here. Uh, Alice will be back, and you will hear her, and all is good, and all is fair, and you'll get the fair and brilliant Alice's uh, analysis of everything. But if you've seen, if you guys watch the COVID, and I watch it while I'm working, um, while I'm on the radio. If you watch the COVID team's updates, usually it's twice a week. For instance, it was one Friday. So there's, there's three boxes, really. There's a guy at the bottom named Jeff who runs a thing. And this is all Zoom meetings. And then you've got Walensky on one side and then uh, Fauci on the other side. And usually the Surgeon General, Vivek Murthy, in the middle. So what happens is during these during these presentations, both the guy, the moderator, and especially Vivek Murthy, totally, totally just dunks on the previous administration for the lack of uh, efficacy in their move in their move against COVID in the initiative, for their lack of production overall, for their uh, disorganization. And he's slamming Fauci. Fauci was ahead of that guy. And I've been watching. I've been watching. If I knew how to do video better, I'd, I'd grab it. I've been fa- watching Fauci go. He's not comfortable. He does not like that these. He's taken incoming from these people. But I think that everybody knows that this guy's utility is done. And then add with this NIH stuff, with the testing of animals, torturing dogs. Are you kidding me? Are you bleeping kidding me? Now, it, Americans of... All political colors like dogs. And the idea of torturing dogs, I don't care what it's for. Especially that. You know you know that is so, oh, man, that is so graphic and crude. So there's a couple of things the administration could deal with this. One, it's terrible. It's absolutely awful that they're doing it. Now, the press, the press who just until recently loved dogs, this weekend, I've been going through the Sunday shows, the press doesn't seem to care. Those days are over. The days of them um, caring so much, making entire raps about dogs, especially Joe Biden's dogs, those are over. In the doghouse, the president's beloved German shepherds arrive at the White House. From the Oval Office today, the president's dogs could be heard barking. Major and champ. That's right, major and champ. That's right. Sorry, Champ is um, is in the with the Angels now, but so so you would think that the press, because they made dogs a narrative of the Biden administration, you'd think that they'd ask the question. So far, I have not seen it asked whatsoever. It's been written about. The Hill writ, wrote about it in other places, but what they're trying to do is they're trying to do PR or sort of PR for the administration this Sunday. So they're working on when kids should get vaccines. And these people, uh, George Stephanopoulos, did not ask about the dogs. Nobody asked about the dogs. It's remarkable because that is an absolute, you know, if if this was the Trump administration, do you think maybe they'd ask about the, the dogs, the dead dogs or tortured dogs? I would say so. But uh, so, no, they are taking a step back suddenly from dog coverage, even though this, the press corps used to love his dogs. Love your dogs. Live here. Yeah, thanks. Champ's an old one. He's, that's, Which one's the old one, President? Well, he's almost 14 years old. I had him here when I... That's a grown man spending time asking about his dogs. It was so important. But now that, that Biden could take incoming through Fauci, uh, they are far away from the dogs. But this is no good. This is no bueno. There's already, this, like I said, this is a bipartisan letter that is demanding uh, answers from Fauci. And we'll see. Biden is already tanking uh, ratings-wise, uh, poll, polling-wise. And he's only going to go down further. We'll see. If the administration handles this like they've been handling everything else by just simply gaslighting or trying to discredit the source or whatever... Well, it's going to show again this incredible disconnect and arrogance that they don't care. What problem? There's no problem. There's no problem at all. There's no problem at all. Just like what critical race theory? There's no critical race theory. Don't you dare touch it. We're keeping it. But there's no critical race theory. There's no problem at the border. What problem at the border? If they try to pull this crap with this, 
man, that's going to, it, it's going to be another torpedo that hits this baby right in the magazine. Now, um, you, you never know. I mean, there is, we were sold the goods about Biden being a very empathetic person. Well, we'll see. We'll see. You could actually kind of own this in a way if you wanted to, but I don't think the Biden, this administration has the chops. The messaging crew, communications team, Chris Wallace can say it all he wants, and Alice and I will talk about this in a few minutes, but it, she's not great on her feet. She's a good gaslighter. She's got cojones to be able to gaslight people and say that what happened in Afghanistan was a success and a victory and a historic uh, airlift. She can do that. I mean, she's got nerve like that. But for, for them to take a hint, right, hit right on the dog, I swear that there are people who decided they would never vote, vote for Mitt Romney just because he put the dog Seamus in the roof. Chris Wallace actually asked Romney about that as a serious question. And the Seamus said, well, oh, no, he loved it up there. And like he, it was always odd. Like, that's, a, that's a weird personality tick to put the dog in the roof. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, some people are not going to let it go. It's a great piece of reporting. So... If it pans out that it is actually true, um, it, but I would think that this would be a good week for them to push Biden, push uh, Fauci out anyway, and start a reset on on COVID. You, you, they have this administration has face planted, so start a reset on on COVID right now. You want to try to get the the kid um, vaccines, child vaccines out there. Meanwhile, you've got Walensky telling everybody that kids are going to have to still wear masks because we've seen they saw that um, that the cases of COVID and cases of all sorts of other things were reduced last year during masking. That's what they're going with. And she's very worried about the flu in RSV or whatever it's called. I would, if I were this administration, one, it's, a, it's terrible to even suggest you're going to do masking, but they're trying to show competence. And the masking shows an action item and because they've run out of other action items. So if, I mean, I would think if they were smart, they would reset immediately in wax Fauci bring somebody new in there and just uh upgrade uh, Walensky if you want although she's kind of shot as well nobody trusts these people anymore bring somebody else in there bring back Gottlieb whatever he's a guy with ideas he wrote a book um but they might not they just might absorb the blow and be the administration that broke everything immediately destroyed the economy gas prices rise inflation rise it had a bunch of and was fine with dogs getting killed huh. well you never know Okay, so that's the stuff that sucks, unfortunately. Now, there is some, some things that are good. We had played... Um, what did I do with that? We had played... Remember remember um, Jonathan Isaac, basketball player for the Orlando Magic? We had played something from him a few weeks ago, just very thoughtfully talking about um, the vaccine and why he respected some people's um, opinions that they didn't want to take it right off. They wanted to wait or make their own decisions. And he was a very thoughtful guy. So anyway, Daily Wire uh, caught up to him and and they interviewed him and they asked him last year, he was at one point the only basketball player in the NBA, the only one, and there's a bunch of pictures of it, who uh, stood up and saluted the flag during the national anthem when all the other all the other players kneeled. He was the only one and who had done that. And anyway, the the uh, Daily Wire asked him about it, and I think that his answer is a- absolutely fantastic. The reason why I decided to stand was because I, I was seeing the same thing that everybody else was seeing in terms of the negativity that was being spewed, the divisiveness, just the, all the craziness, and the tragedies as well, not to take away from those. Um, America has been and is hurting um, in a deep way, in a great way. Um, and, and a lot of times it doesn't look like there is much hope. Um, but when I look at my own personal life and how I have been changed, how I have been redeemed, how I have been um, provided for by the gospel and by Jesus Christ, that's, that is what I was trying to offer. Well, I, I, just, I just feel respect. You know, I'm, I'm glad that I live in the country that I live in where I am able to um, profess my religious belief and that they are protected by, you know, our constitution. I'm, I'm glad about that. I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, sad about that. And I'm happy that I live in America and I'm afforded the liberties and the freedom um, to, to, to live here. How awesome is this guy? It's fantastic. And the thing is, that makes it so, so fantastic is not that it's that extraordinary to hear, but it, it is that it's been muted so much in the last year and a half and even four years more it's been muted so much. He's right. 
He is lucky. He is a fortunate man to be living in this country, and he sees it. It, it, you are, if you are a black man living in the United States or a white man or an Asian man or doesn't matter what you are, black woman, it doesn't matter, then you are some of the luckiest people in the history of civilization. That's absolutely true. The condition, even in the very bottom of this country, is fantastic compared to the rest of the world. And that's not, let's say you don't, there's, there's haves and have-nots, I understand. And there's uh, there's things that aren't equal here and there, and uh, th that historically some people have been screwed by uh, legacies that 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 featured you know carving out um, advantages and taking them away from certain groups. Whatever you want to talk about redlining, you want to talk about uh, you know no uh, GI Bill for for uh, minorities. This and that. There's also the, those things, and they are it all exist. But at the end of the day, you know what really sucks is not having freedom. What really sucks is not being able to say what you want to say when you want to say it. Not being able to move. What really sucks is not being given the freedom to choose your own track in life, your own direction in life, How, whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it. This is a country full of opportunities, and that's a rare thing. It doesn't just happen. This is a country full of opportunities, and that this guy gets it is great. Great, because I don't see too many people in the M NBA who get it, or the NFL who get it. And any, it's, unfortunately, I just don't see many uh, progressives at all getting it at all. They don't think that. They hate this country. They think it sucks and it's terrible. And blah, 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 blah. You know that also. All right. So another thing I want to talk about is the um, the um, this story about the dads on duty. So Shreveport, Louisiana. There have been all sorts of fights. Like it's been a horrifically um, violent year. It's been a violent year in many cities, but in Shreveport as well, in including one high school. And there were all sorts of fights happening. So this dude and his buddies get together, and they say these are dads, and they say, okay, all some of us can work some shifts, some of us can work other shifts. Why don't we kind of patrol the school as a security um, unit in the school? And these dudes, I mean, some of these guys, some of these guys make me look thin. Some of these guys are huge, uh, but they're awesome. And they've gone into the schools and they've totally quieted the schools. The fighting has come to a total stop. CBS does, this is the best package of the year. Uh, I think it's Steve Hartman who does this for CBS. This is a fantastic story. Listen in. Not many good news stories begin in such a bad news way. It happened last month here at Southwood High School in Shreveport, Louisiana. Plagued with violence. Over the course of three days, another fight. 23 students arrested for fighting. Massive police response. But strangely, there hasn't been another incident since perhaps in part because of this most unusual crisis intervention team. Nobody here has a degree in school counseling. No, no majors in criminal justice. No, no. Your qualifications are? Well, Dad, we decided the best people who can take care of our kids are who? For us. So Michael Lafitte started Dads on Duty. We're out doing what we do for our babies. A group of about 40 Southwood dads who now hang out at the school in shifts. Let's go. Today, any negative energy that enters the building has to run a gauntlet of good parenting. What's going on, buddy? You moving fast. I like that horse. I immediately felt a form of safety. We stopped fighting. People started going to class. How could that be? You ever heard of a look? That right there, if you watch this package from CBS, that right there is the highlight. Young lady saying, you ever heard of a look? In other words, one of those dads gives you a certain kind of look, and it stops you in your track and straightens you the hell out. It's awesome. A look? Dads it's have the power to do that? Yes. <laughs> not many people know it, but yes. <laughs> let's go, let's go. But it's not just the firm stares and stern warnings. Let's make it to class, my son. It's also the dad jokes. <laughs> they just make funny jokes like, oh, hey, your student's untied, but it's really not untied. <laughs> and they hate it. They're so embarrassed by it. <laughs> and it's that perfect mix of tough love and gentle ribbing that dads do so well that has helped transform this school. The school has really just been, like, happy, and you can feel it. Which is why the dads plan to keep coming to Southwood indefinitely. Because not everybody has the father figure, the father figure at home. Or a male, period, in their life. Like so that. just to be here makes a big difference. 
you think you stumbled onto something here? Absolutely. I think absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Have a good morning. They'd like to start chapters of Dads on Duty throughout Louisiana. What's up, baby boy? And hope to eventually take on the country. All right. Without a fight. <laughs> Steve Hartman on the road in Shreveport, Louisiana. Somebody said uh, on Twitter that some, they should elect all of these guys president of the United States, and I'm all for it. I'm all for it. So, so that's an example of somebody, somebody getting after it, doing something, saying, "Look at this problem. I see it here. It's government does not have an answer. There's nothing. There don't seem to be any answers around. We're going to handle it. We're going to do it. We're going to push the train forward." Um, so the, compare that against this. This is Bloomberg. A Virginia museum is proposing to melt down a statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee that was the focus of a violent white nationalist rally in 2017 in Charlottesville and create a new work of public art via AP. <clears throat> so this is what people who don't get after it do. They worry about symbols and statues and this and that, and that's what we're going to do. Guys, you know what? In, instead of creating safer schools, instead of making sure that these kids get a chance to um, broaden their horizons and expand their minds, instead of making sure that they get school choice, instead of going in there and fixing a school, we'll do all the symbolic stuff. That's right. We'll take care of some we'll meltdown statues now. There you go. No. These dads on duty, they're really doing something. These other people, which, of course, are going to be absolutely supported and applauded by high white society as, wow, this is very, see how highbrow we are and how wonderful we are. Aren't we wonderful? Meanwhile, these dads are really doing something. These dads are doing something that that are going to change lives. These people, these progressive wackos, are not doing things to change lives. Not at all. They want to make things more miserable and crush everything down and crush it down. Ban this, ban that. Reshape, get rid of Columbus Day. Reshape it. All this stuff. They want to make sure that people, especially the lower classes and marginalized people, are mired in this crap and spend their time thinking about this crap all the time. Rather than, you know, they love to use the word uplifting. They don't. They never want to do anything to actually uplift. Never. And it's pathetic. These guys, why these guys, these dads on duty, that is fantastic. We need more of that. More of that. And obviously, we need it in marginalized neighborhoods. We need it not just in the schools, but in the streets. And if that is not a testament to the importance of presence of males, certainly not just in the household, but outside, I don't even know what to tell you. So that, I wholeheartedly endorse that. I think it's great. I think it's great. In just two different worlds. You know, progressives who don't do anything but kvetch and people out going out there and getting after it. I think it's wonderful. So let's see. <clears throat> Alice, this is day, officially day two of the St. Polly Girl shift. Um, it is totally, and this is, you, you guys who are parents will understand it. It is, there ain't enough effing hours in the week now. We literally don't have enough hours. To do things, things are fall, tumbling by, falling off. It's like, it's it's crazy. Like, so we're like, every, you know, every day from essentially six to two thirty, I am out. I am in the zone. I am out of it. I'm working, preparing for the show, and doing the radio show that I do. After two thirty, I may have time for an hour to do something like a w- exercise, walk this and that. I obviously I went to the doctor last week, and I I got get a test done this week. Whatever, fine. To try to defat myself. I've been doing the um, keto diet for a week. um, I think it's doing something. Maybe. I don't know. But um, so so then uh, that one hour is in the middle day. Back. Then there's usually some kind of sport or something else. And then there's no time. There's immediately we got to get into working on the on the podcast and in doing a sub stack. I'm not complaining, by the way, Uh, you know, because we do this podcast because we love it. And I love that we've that all of you, you guys, and me, and, and Alice, and everybody have gotten to know each other, and we're we're on this journey, this crazy bleeping journey together. Um, but it's just crazy because then it's like it's, that's done, and then throwing dinner in a while before that, you guys see that kids come back and forth. I know some of you enjoy it. I I I'm not. 
I don't really enjoy it all that much when they when they're coming back and forth, but we have to because we're we got kids and they want need things and now they know that it's just a good time to shake us down and and get stuff from us. So the time the podcast is done, now it's essentially time for dinner, which will essentially mean that's the end of the night, which means it's for me it'll either mean watching trying to watch a little bit of uh tucker i'm i'm watching new stuff all day from every channel believe me don't worry about it but from tucker and then usually i try to watch something um that i enjoy like i enjoy like world war ii documentaries or vietnam documentaries and depending what mood mode i'm in i'll either have a couple of beers with that or or not depending um and so and then it's the next day and like it's just, I'm sure it's the same for you. I know it. And we get messages from from you too. Then you talk about how it's you got this, 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 and we're not even the most busy. Our neighbors right there, they're all up because of kids sports. The weekends are just are kids sports blown. So like today, I had an hour and five seconds to 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 try to get some leaves raked, and I'm trying to get leaves raked because. I don't want them to all blow in the, the other neighbor's yard. Who's he's got landscapers that come over and make his yard perfect. So it's my trashy leaves that like get into his yard. Meanwhile, I've got the other neighbor over there. You know about this? Who's yelling about our chickens? Like, I'm, sorry, I'm out of time. You, time units, freaking crazy. But <sighs> my point is this: is that life is uh, hard enough. It's hard enough. And I think that we're trying to do what we're trying to do and what you're trying to do is just trying to do the best with what we have to make a great life for our kids and our friends and this and that and have family, et cetera, and have we essentially just leave us the F alone to government. You know, they're not asking too much. Just leave us alone. So when Walensky comes over back and she says, no, we're going to have to do the thing for your kids. And it's like, oh, God. Now we're back thinking about we, where we're going to put our kids back in school. And when Joe Biden said, we're gonna, me and Alice are about to talk about this, it says essentially that one half of the country is murdering the other half of the country. It's like, man, you punk. You understand how hard we're working just to get through the bleeping week with our burnt orange minivan and being scraping by ever since our lead stuff like we're, we are not we're not rolling in it we had a as much bad luck in a row as you could have i'm not complaining because we're doing great we've got a, a nice old house within we have two cars and the kids have things and whatever etc but you know it, it, it never ends there's always something that comes along you guys we, we message about this all the time it's always something something flooded something this something you know for for everybody and once again, we are very fortunate. We've got whatever. But isn't it, wouldn't it be nice if we had elected leaders, especially in D.C., who would respect that and just F off, stop browbeating us, stop trying to divide us, stop uh, telling us how much we've failed, stop gaslighting us. But they don't do it. That is not what this administration is about, which is what we're going to talk about. <sighs> Myself, Thomas Shattuck, and Alice K. Shattuck, right now okay so the advantage of alice having a new schedule for now anyway and this in is that we get to do a little housekeeping for uh for what we didn't get at the end of the week because we usually don't do a show friday we do a show thursday night so we wanted to hit the amazing amazing performance of joe biden uh, at the cnn town hall which is amazing for several reasons uh it, it, <laughs> Man, there's going to be some nervous Democrats out there. So the um, the Biden town hall, it, regardless of what people tell you, it um, was no bueno. Did it, not go well. It did no. not go well. No, it was not a stellar, you know, incredible coup that he was out there and talked and answered uh, completely pre-screened questions from what was it like eleven Democrats and two Republicans at the end and or that's something? Just, and that's obviously that makes the framework work of it farcical. But the problem was, is that his inability to answer the easy ones. With forty percent of all products coming into the United States of America on the West Coast go through uh, Los Angeles and uh, and uh, um, 
Uh, um, what am I doing here? Is it Long Beach? Long Beach. Thank you. Thank you, Anderson. Thank, Thank you for you. helping. Did the, uh, you know, the question answer that we printed out for you, for you to hold in your hand to cue you in case the president screwed up his answer, did that help? Or Well, it is, it, it is um, fairly remarkable that this guy was so ill-prepared and that, that, that CNN finds it to be appropriate. This is a town hall in which we're supposed to watch the president's depth of knowledge, uh, his live analysis, and his ability to think on his feet. Mm-hmm. And he was failing. They, you don't, um, you know, immediately on site edit him and help him out. You well, know, right. And then his it, staff was putting out like corrections to a bunch of his statements, like during. And well, after that's another the thing that's absolutely hall. crazy is that because he was talking, uh, um, talking uh, ragtime so much. You're right. His staff had to clarify everything he said. So there's, there were two. There were two town halls. The one where he was up there talking, and then the one where the staff put out official White House statements correcting all the stupid things he said. Mm-hmm. But one of the things, and CNN knows this, and we all know this. One of the things that they're that you do at a town hall. The reason he's out there is to show that he's cognitive. So if if this is a litmus test for his cognitivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, it doesn't look good. And the fact is, I mean, you say like the fact that he wasn't prepared for this, like, I'm sure he was extremely prepared for this, but he's unable to, you know, perform the task of, you know, saying the answers to the questions that he's been prepared for. He's unable to stand there for an hour and talk and act like a normal, cogent person. Right. But, which, that's extremely worrisome. Yes, no, of course it is. It's all right. It's all right. There I am. Because these were all pre-screened questions from people who all, you know, were, you know, it was all decided in advance what he was going to be asked, what his answers were going to be. I'm sure he was rehearsed many, many times. He went back to Delaware, what, like last night with right. Jill? <laughs> but think of the complicity of the media in this, though, mm-hmm. which is, to me, which is kind of the biggest, the, almost the biggest takeaway, other than the fact that he wasn't, wasn't cogent, cogent. They let him, and this is him, he's supposed to give a performance. Once again, Anderson pulled a candy crowling and helped him and finished the answer for him. If if you remember, now the way a tough journalist would work is Jonathan Swan with Trump, as Trump is trying to hand him, you know, hand-drawn pictures (laughs) of the coronavirus, Swan let him die on a vine. That stuff was never, Swan let him fall on his face in front of everybody, which is why Swan's good at this. You're supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. That's the idea. And he was showing that that Trump didn't have a grasp. I don't know if that was voting or coronavirus, but... It was like COVID. He was handing him charts of like the deaths going down and he was looking at them with little perplexed eyebrows and stuff. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, But so so to me, if you've got to be nervous as hell if you are on the left. Now... The uh, and I haven't seen it, but I have to- been told that um, the CNN wrap-up show of this showed that he, uh, you know, tried to convince us that he had a stellar, stellar mm-hmm. night. So there's uh, there's one part of Biden. Here's another. The highest tax rate is thirty-five percent. Number one. Okay. Number two, you're in a circumstance where corporate America is not paying their fair share, and I come from the corporate state of the world, Delaware. More corporations in Delaware than every other state in the union combined, okay? Now, here's the deal, though. You have 55 corporations, for example, in the United States of America making over $40 billion. Don't pay a cent. Not a single little red cent. Now, I don't care. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a capitalist. I hope you can be a millionaire or a billionaire. I, not a problem. But at least pay your fair share. Chip in a little bit. So... A couple of things, and one of them I had forgotten because last time he had tried this crap. One is that Delaware is a tax haven. Right. That's why the corporations are all there, Joe. Right. <laughs> Just FYI, in case you didn't know. Yes, in his Delaware. That's right. That is the reason for Delaware being at this at this time and place. Right. Is it tax incentives, and um, also, um. This idea of just going after corporations, you know, corporations are owned by shareholders. Shareholders right. 
do pay taxes. Uh, yeah, they do. And there are CEOs who make millions of dollars mm. also pay taxes. And, you know, corporations that sell things, their customers pay sales taxes and the employees all pay taxes. And everybody right. I mean, everybody involved in them is paying taxes everywhere they go. You know, you make money, you pay taxes on your house, you pay taxes at the store, you pay taxes all over the place, especially if you live in a state like Massachusetts or New York, you're paying taxes every which way. Like, the... <coughs> Corporations aren't getting off easy, and to the extent that some corporations are, mm -hmm. it's because, you know, people like Joe Biden, who's been in Washington for a half a century, mm -hmm. have been giving them freebies the to do code. things like, you know, make green energy stuff. Like, the reason GE paid zero taxes that one year and everybody was like oh GE paid no taxes well yeah GE paid no taxes because of stupid green energy incentives that you idiots wrote like that's why they paid that's no right. taxes it's ridiculous they're the ones that make up what the corporations pay they could just you know pick a tax rate that's fair and have all the corporations pay it and stop having these carve outs for their favored industries but that wouldn't you know that wouldn't keep Joe Biden in the Senate for 40 years so that won't work you know Right, and, and the other takeaway, of course, is him having to, here's a secret, they don't pay anything, which is something that he's gone to now as a tool that he uses when he speaks, which ain't great. Yeah, these um, like switches between different modes of talking where like first he'll whisper and then he'll like yell at us in this really like mm -hmm. almost uncomfortably angry way, like when he yelled about how there were fewer democracies, fewer, mm -hmm. fewer! Like, well, that's really not, like, I didn't get rid of any democracies. <laughs> don't yell at me. I don't know. Like, but it's, and it's, like, sort of disconnected from, like, what he's saying. Like, they don't pay a cent. <laughs> like, okay. Like, why is that secret in particular? I don't really it's, get yeah, it. Right, it like, just... you wrote the tax code, sir. We have fewer democracies in the world today than we did 15 years ago. Fewer. Not more, fewer. <laughs> like, why that phrase? Like, why did he decide to pick up on that and start yelling about that one? Like, it just, it, he just seems disconnected from reality. And that's even without, like, obviously, those of you who are listening to the show can't hear his strange postures and positionings. But I'm sure those mm -hmm. of you who, you know, look at stuff on Twitter or whatever have seen, like, the images of him, like, clenching his fists and, like, yeah. weirdly hunched over and, like, doing just odd things. Like, the guy is not all right. I don't, I don't know who's doing this to him, but it's, like, truly uncomfortable for it, everybody a, involved. In, in, yes, it's, it's, it's multidimensional in its cringiness. The two things that concern me, one are those who just try to make this a political issue. Freedom. I have the freedom to kill you with my COVID. No, I mean, come on. Freedom. That's just about the most poisonous thing ever said by a president ever. Yeah, pretty much. That is a, to accuse, a, you know, a third of the country of wanting to wantingly, wantonly uh, kill yeah. The other half of the, or the other two-thirds of the like, country. Like, we all know we don't have the freedom to kill people. Nobody's killing people. The idea that you would accuse somebody of killing people because, you know, they're, they don't feel like getting a vaccine. I mean, half right. the people who don't want the vaccine don't want the vaccine because they've had COVID. Right. No, but there's, there's, I have the freedom to kill you. And it's, it's, so, it's, so, it's so gross and disgusting. And it also... By the way, the people who had the vaccine are also spreading the vac the, the the virus. Yeah, I mean, but, to a lesser extent, but still, probably, but, but still, yeah, like, you know, it's just you to say that. Okay, okay, this is the uniter you guys wanted. Fine, this is the uniter we have. Then it ain't cool though. And then, uh, really, the, is Biggie Big? This is going to be the one that that starts the conflagration. Do you have plans to visit the southern border? Uh, I've been there before, and I haven't. I mean, I know it well. I guess I should go down, but the but, but the whole point of it is I haven't had a whole hell of a lot of time to get down. I've been spending time going around looking at the $900 billion worth of damage done by uh, by hurricanes and floods. It's like the scrap drawer in everybody's kitchen where there's, <laughs> a, like, there's an old lottery ticket here and lucky coin there and... 
you know. Well, the funny thing is, like, he has been busy, but he's trying to come up with things that he's been busy with that yep. aren't his fault. Like, aren't things he's effed up. Like, he can't say I was busy with Afghanistan because that doesn't fly. He can't say I was busy because I've caused massive inflation and I'm That's trying to point, figure that out. Are, oh, yeah, because no, no, those two things don't exist. So he can't suddenly, <laughs> you know, make them appear. And, and weather and, tra- and traveling around the world. But uh, I plan on... Now, my wife, Jill, has been down. She's been on both sides of the river. She's seen the circumstances there. She's looked into those places. You notice you're not seeing a lot of pictures of kids lying on top of one another Why with, he- uh, you know, with, 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 blank, with uh, um, you know, uh, looks like tarps on top of them. Or not, huh? Yeah, it's because yeah, because the press isn't covering it anymore because Congress isn't going down and crying in front yeah, of so the Yeah, we're also not allowed anywhere near it. And right. it I mean, that, but it's like him, for him to say that, you're not seeing this happen anymore. That's right along the lines of him saying that, you know, at least we haven't lost anybody and you know, nobody's been killed in Afghanistan. It's the same thing. Yeah. Especially since there is a new caravan on the way with like 100,000 yeah. people. We've gone from like in late uh, in August like hundreds of people apprehended at the border to like hundreds of thousands apprehended at the border it's wild they're coming to the border in huge caravans of people carrying signs that say biden on them because they he's given them an mm-hmm. invitation he told them to surge to the border when he was going to be elected and they just at this point don't believe him when he says don't come because he's still letting them in you know this is kathleen Krumahansi, uh from uh newsbusters she writes, the Latino media are practically drooling at the thought of new audiences swarming into the United States as part of the heralded mother of all caravans set to begin uh-huh. its march through Mexico on October 23 at 6 a.m. and estimated per Telemundo uh, at 95,000 strong. Uh, so listen, this is here's a little bit of that Telemundo. Miles de migrantes de diversas nacionalidades que se encuentran varados oh. en la frontera. Caravana, oh. que algunos llaman. It's not going to work. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> They're very excited. You can take my word for it. Burn Barrel Spanish edition will yeah. uh, we'll play that one. So, by the way, so here's the CNN op ed that came, thoughtful op ed, fair minded op ed that came out right after Biden's uh, town hall where he was, uh, where he was uh, non compass mente, mentis. Is it mentis? Okay, here, here it is. Biden was relaxed, funny, in command, but that won't be enough. <laughs> president Joe Biden is facing the most difficult period of his young presidency, but you wouldn't have known it watching the relaxed, optimistic, joke-cracking politician who took questions at CNN. Is this a real? Was I it? Can't... Yeah. Which particular joke uh, was it exactly that uh, was it this joke? Concern me. One are those who just try to make this a political issue. Freedom. I have the freedom to kill you with my COVID. (laughs) That is funny, sir. Holy goodness. I don't even know where to start. So, um, so they know it's a, it's terrible. I don't even know what they, what the mean, why they did it. I don't know what they were thinking, but, uh, by the way, I have some, this is some, by the way, this is the caravan heading up here. Just some natural sound. Go ahead. Um, remember how, like, Trump got made fun of so much because he like took the cognitive ability test and he like bragged about how great he did on it and it's mm-hmm. like the test is like can you draw a clock and do you know what year it is yes. <laughs> and like what's this animal and it's a giraffe like things like that like I think it's also ridiculous that Trump bragged about how he did so great on the test and is the best that anybody's ever done on it and everything else but does anybody think Biden could actually pass one of those right now? No, he'd get angry. He'd blow his top as soon as he started getting confused. I mean, I think it's a worthwhile question since the crazy people all screamed for like a month about mm-hmm. how Trump took the uh, dementia test and and passed it. But, uh, but the media's but, not going to start that. Well, I mean, like, but, uh, it's a legitimate question. Yes. He's out of his mind. He's not yes. okay. Yes, it's absolutely legitimate. As a matter of fact, it's a responsibility of the media to say, hey... If there were any real media, they'd pop it on him. But oh my gosh, can you imagine if like Reagan had done a town hall like that, or Trump, or like somebody else that the media hated, right? And they like they would have been all over him. They would have, or George Bush, they would have let him struggle for the answers and like, of course, raised eyebrows and made faces and stuff. I mean, like, I feel like we kind of uh, stepped in the lead in one of these. This one right here. Do you have plans to visit the southern border? 
Uh, I've been there before, and I haven't. I mean, I've been there before, he said, which is, of course, Mm -hmm. there are a handful of journalists in America, and they started (laughs) looking this up. This administration, as as you remember, has a problem with this. Quickly put a button. Do you have any plans to visit the border? At some point, you know, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So this whole this whole this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. OK, they have a problem with this question. <laughs> uh, the, the truth is that they don't want to go to the border because it's a horrible photo op and they don't want to be involved in that. And they also don't want to suggest that there's that the situation necessitates a visit. Right, because that would it's be... totally fine, and there's no kids in exactly. cages. Exactly, like and you were saying, great. his laundry list consists of uh, the fallout after hurricanes, weather, right, and uh, my travel schedule. So Peter Ducey asked um, Jen Saki about this, saying, uh, "Hey, we looked, we looked it up here, and Biden has not been to the border." And Jen Saki, and this had this must have been a tough one to bring out to the briefing room. <laughs> This must have been a... Free, Even must Jen Psaki must have felt some sense of shame. This trapper keeper must have felt like 900 pounds to carry this out. And, oh, I have to open it up. You're right. Well, Peter, uh, as you may have seen, there's been uh, reporting that he uh, did drive through the border when he was on the campaign trail in 2008. As you may have seen, there's been reporting. How about you just sourcing it yourself? Right. You may have seen the, there's been reporting. It's not there's been reporting. It's... He said, we have a really good source on record that CNN interviewed Friday, Thursday night, saying that he had been there. And he is certainly familiar with the fact, and it stuck with him, with the fact that uh, in El Paso, uh, the border goes right through the center of town. But what the most important thing uh, everyone should know and understand is that the president has worked on these issues throughout his entire career and is well-versed in every aspect of our immigration system, including the border. That includes when he was vice president and he went to Mexico and Central America 10 times to address border issues and talk about what we can do to reduce the number of migrants who are coming to the border. He worked in a bipartisan manner with senators like Ted Kennedy, Harry Reid, John McCain and others to push for comprehensive immigration reform. Uh, He does not need a visit to the border to know what a mess was left by the last administration. That's his view. <laughs> Last administration. He drove through it 13 years ago. So that's before right. you and I met, before we had mm-hmm. any kids or had bought any of our two houses. I mean, like, 2008 is a really long time ago. Yes. Well, but also, um, but also, that is such weak sauce. It's, 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 it's there's nothing, they've got no, they've got nothing well, because he just made it up, because he hasn't been to the Well, I know, but what she just said, her attempt to redirect, et cetera, was terrible, which is why in when he follows up, she goes, because they have no defense for this. So, so, and so when he follows up, they go on offense. Does that count as a visit? He said, I've been there before. You're saying he drove by for a few minutes. Does that count? What do you, What is the root cause? Where are people coming from who are coming to the border, Peter? The president said that he I'm has asking, been... I'm asking he's you not the freaking president. People should understand the context. No, you're where do people... Where do people... Co- I'm asking you if Okay, happens. I'll answer it for you. People come from Central America and Mexico to go to the border. The president has been to those countries 10 times to talk about border issues. There is a focus right now on a photo op. The president does not believe a photo op is the same as solution. <sighs> So uh, they're just busted, unfortunately. Which makes this what makes this. And some, somebody said that Jensaki's really good at this the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Chris Wallace. Um, the, the, what makes this toxic mm-hmm. is their their um, inventing a separate reality, and that's not great. And for her, so that's so that's why I think she's not great at this because she can't spin this. She should, as a thinking person, know that they've got to find a way that seeds bits of truth over to the press and the American people so that we don't think we're being gaslit, lied to, or that the administration is so inept that they actually don't see a problem with the border. She should. I mean, but instead, she's her... creating a false reality. Imagine and her that, turning... that's when, when she says, you, what, Peter, what are the root causes? Mm-hmm. That is more than gaslighting. That is channel changing in a way that everybody can see. That doesn't take a talent. That takes nerve, no doubt about that. Well, right, because it turns it 
instead of the press interviewing the administration about what the heck they're doing at the border because they're the people in charge of the border, it turns it into like two equal parties who are both equally involved or uninvolved in the border having a conversation about what should happen there, like you and me, you know, saying like, well, what do you think the root causes are? What should we do about the border? I don't know. Like, you know, we can sit in this room and talk about it because we have nothing to do with what happens at the border. They're actually in charge of the border and it's a disaster and they're not fixing it. So for her then to turn to the press and be like, well, yeah, what would you do about it? Like, well, nobody elected us president. (laughs) Thank you so much, everyone. Um, We will see you again soon. I'm off to make pizzas. Um, St. Pauli girl, very mm -hmm. low cut uh, beer slinging outfit. Uh, Yeah. And um, in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, at Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast, Burn Barrel Podcast.com, Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. We are still off of YouTube because we were kicked off for playing the Let's Go Brandon song. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.